0: The New South Wales Aboriginal Rugby League Knockout, simply known as the Currie Knockout, is one of the biggest gatherings and sporting events in the country and a fixture on the calendars of blackfellas all over the state. The last competition, held in 2019, saw 30,000 spectators attend and it was broadcast on NITV. But the origins of the comp are much more humble. In 1971, the first carnival featured just seven men's teams playing at Camdenville Oval in St Peter's. With the 50th competition kicking off, I met up with Ronald Briggs at the State Library of New South Wales. He's the curator of an exhibition celebrating the Koorie Knockout and the way it's grown to be more than a simple sporting event.
1: Uh, hello, my name is Ronald Briggs. I'm a um, curator, librarian here at the State Library of New South Wales.
0: Ronald, we are standing here in the Koorie Knockout 50 Years exhibit at the State Library. First off, um, why why did you want to put together an exhibition about the Knockout?
1: Uh, well, this year is the 50-year anniversary of, of the, the Knockout. Oh, it's actually 52 years, but th- this is the 50th carnival that's being played this year in, in Nowra. Um So we thought it'd be a great idea, and we've been collecting lots of um, material about, about the Knockout since about 2015, so we thought it'd be a great idea to put it on show, and it grew into an exhibition, which is, which is where we are today. The very first thing you'll see when you come in is a, is a welcome to country, of course. Um, but then we've got an acknowledgement of the people that helped us put, bring it all together, and then we've got a, a section on um, on an overview of the knockout and how it's how it's progressed over the fifty years. And then we've got a section on a section on the founding of, of the of the game, uh, with photographs of what the ovals look like today, as well as photographs of the pubs where these fellows used to meet and, and mingle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take us back to I think it's nineteen seventy one. The idea of the first knockout comp is kind of coming together. What what happened?
1: A group of uh, six young Aboriginal men uh, living in Sydney, around Redfern, um, who'd moved to Sydney from the country, most of them, got together at, at you know at the Clifton Hotel in in Redfern for socialisation, and they had, you know talking and um, agreed that Aboriginal players weren't really getting a fair go in, and weren't getting selected for the big competitions. So they decided to form their own competition. So and and the first Knockout was held at an oval here in Sydney in 1971. There were only seven teams, seven men's teams, a few from the country, but a few of them from from the city as well. And these five fellas were on our advisory panel and helped us shape the story of how it all began. And we've interviewed all of them and have included their voices in in the exhibition, as well as a more in-depth interview with Uncle Victor Wright and Uncle Victor actually loaned us the very first trophy that was awarded.
0: So this first trophy is a shield that's got a little golden football fella right on the top, (laughs) Um, and plates. I mean, you can see that some of them, because they are from the 70s, 80s, and onwards are... The shine, yeah, the shine is starting to to go, but there's something really lovely about that.
1: Uh, We also have an in-memoriam panel for George Jackson, who was a founding member as well, and he sadly passed away in 1994. But his daughter, Jodie Jackson, was on our representative panel as well, so it was great to have her her insights about her dad and her dad's career. Lovely. Lovely. We've recorded a series of interviews for for the exhibition. One one is with Dean Widders and his and his dad Jake and some other members of his family talking about the Narwhan Eels of Armadale and and his his career beginning um, at the knockout in Armadale.
0: And it's come a long way from those early days, and particularly because it's got its origins in um, Blackfellas not getting a proper run mm. in professional football. These days there is a little bit more um, kind of tension around professional footy players who want to be in the knockout.
1: <laughs> That's right, yeah. I mean, there's sponsorship, there's prize money, um, there's um, advertising, there's lots of money involved in it these days. But um, but for a lot of the smaller teams, it still is, you know, shoestring budgets and, and that sort of thing. And, you, you know, you make your own way to the knockout however you can. You don't fly in a jet or anything like that. But yeah, it's um, the 2019 knockout had over, over 30,000 people in attendance. And they're expecting even more this year in Nauru. It's really grown and um, become a real draw card. And these days, I think because the, the women's teams are part of the competition as well. They, women's teams started playing in 1996. Although before that, they would have what were call tournament matches between the women's some of the women's teams. And these days, also we have the junior sides as well. So a lot of a lot of the youngsters, the kids under 17s, for example, uh, a lot of their teams um, come as well for the competition. So not just the players, but including their supporters and family and, and, and friends, um, it's just grown so so big.
0: <laughs> when it came to putting together this exhibit, how did you go about it? Where did you start?
1: The real star of the exhibition, I think, is First Nations photographer Barbara McGrady. Most of the photographs we use in, in the exhibition are, are hers. She's such a wonderful, skilled sports photographer, and we've been collecting her photographs since about 2015. So. Choosing what we think are the best ones out of, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of photographs we have of hers was a real challenge um, because we wanted to be as representative and and, and inclusive as we could. So we, as many teams, as many different um, players and representing the different groups, um, as well as um, photographs of the crowds, uh, which, which, you know, I'm hoping that when people come in, they might know somebody in the photo or or actually be in the photograph. (laughs)
0: What are some of the key ideas or themes that you wanted to make sure people get?
1: It was difficult at first because there was a whole mishmash and, you know, different places, different people, different times. Um, so we had to try to bring, bring the exhibition together in a way that makes sense for when you, when you arrive and have a look at it. So the main way we've done that is to have a section that's really about the game, playing the game on the field the, and the players. Uh, we have a section about... Off the field, uh, so the, the spectators, entertainment, that sort of thing, and then we have a section on um, on the, the history.
0: Well, I'm I'm also curious about why it captures people's interest, and because even if you don't follow football, like, and sometimes even if you're not from New South Wales, the knockout is still a big event for. So many of us. That's
1: right. And I have a confession to make because I don't actually play rugby league <laughs> and I haven't been in a team in all my life, but um, I do go to the knockouts because it's, you know, it's about the footy, the, you know, it's about the game and you, you support the Maury Boomerangs or whoever your team is. But it's also about reuniting with, with, with mob and, you know, old friends and making new friends and, you know, the nightlife and, um, you know, walking around the aisle saying day to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, it's more. It's become a quite quite a big social and cultural event as well, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah. Your very first knockout was when you were a kid there in Morey. Um What do you remember best about it?
1: Well, these days um, the knockout is a family. Affair and alcohol free, but back in the day, as a child, I used to remember a lot of drunken people. <laughs> you, know, you know, happy drunken people, um, and I remember um, just the excitement and everyone supporting the Maori boomerangs, and me being one of the you know the youngsters in the crowd, yelling whenever you know someone to get the ball and that sort of thing. Yeah, I just it's I just remember the excitement of it all. It's um and. You had family come in from other places that you hadn't seen before. I remember I was kicked out of my bed and had to sleep on the floor in the lounge room, but anyway. <laughs> no, but it's just a big reunion happy time. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, think, um, I think the first knockout I went to, or the first I remember, was when there was a um a sit-in on the field <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there's always a protest um, <laughs> and so and, and the ref gets blamed a lot of the time and um yeah yeah and and i've been to, to knockouts where people have run onto the field and you know started to fight with some of the players and players fight <laughs> each other as well i mean yeah so it, it's it's, a, it's really it is fiercely competitive
0: yeah. um
1: we 've got the football that was played that was used in the grand final of the two thousand and nineteen knockout and it was actually designed by a wonderful artist by the name of Jasmine Sarin uh, from Wollongong um, and What we actually found in barbara mcrady 's collection was that we have a photograph of Jasmine <laughs> playing in the knockout. She played with the UN um, the Fit team um, in two thousand and nineteen so it was real wonderful to get, have, really wonderful to have that match up. Yeah. Uh, an interview with Ricky Walford who talks about the importance of the game um, culturally and socially rather than his, his involvement with it as well. So that was really, really important inclusion for us to have in the exhibition.
0: And jerseys,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we've got we've got a, a wall of, of jerseys. Over the years, the, the jerseys that the players wear have become more and more colourful and, and more more brilliant designed. And we've mm. got a, we've got a jersey for the La Perouse Panthers. And what's wonderful is that on the jersey for two thousand and twelve, uh, they actually had a map of the La Perouse region on the front of the jersey. Um, and because um, Laperroux, of course, is on Botany Bay or Camay, so it's wonderful to see them claim the ground around Botany Bay for that for that particular year.
0: Well, yeah, there's a real sense that the jerseys are not just, um, particularly now as they're getting more intricate, they're not just about who your team is, but like really digging into representing your community. That's
1: right. That's right. Because a lot of a lot of players actually don't live in the community. Any more, but when the, when the knockout comes around, they join the, the home team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, given the fact that the library here is is so close to La Perouse and Redfern, obviously they would be represented because of that. But is it, does it go deeper?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I should, yeah, I should have pointed out at the beginning that the the exhibition starts in 1971 because that's when the first knockout was played. But there's a long history of Aboriginal rugby league in New South Wales going back to the you know the early 1900s, and some of the one of the first teams that was formed in Sydney at least was the La, La Perouse, the La Perouse team. So they've been around for a very very long time. Um, Redfern All Blacks maybe since the 70s, but um, yeah, but. Um, there is definitely a longevity of, of you know, football, Aboriginal football in First Nations football in, in Sydney. We've included a bit from the Courier Mail, which, which started in um, 1991. Mm. So after 1991, the Courier Mail was reporting every year on the knockout. So we've got lots of information about the knockout after 1991 from the Courier Mail. Before 1991, the mainstream media didn't really cover it, so we're a bit sketchy in some of the details, and that's why we've we've got a scoreboard put up on, in, in the exhibition with the blanks, where we don't have the information of who won that year, for example, particularly in the women's teams and the junior teams. So we've got up a scoreboard, but if people want to contribute any information to that, they can just let, let us know and, and just put the information in, in one of the little um, drop boxes we've got here in the exhibition.
0: That was something that I noticed having a little walk through on my own, is that visitors are encouraged to share their memories. Yes. Um, which kind of brings back that sense of, or like reinforces that sense that this is an exhibition that's not just about the sport, but the community. Yes, exactly.
1: And we want as much um, input from the public as we can. We designed it specifically for uh, our First Nations Koori Aboriginal audience. Although it's of course it's supposed to be white followers who's gonna come in and see it, and including tourists of course, but um but yeah, so it's but it's really is aimed at, at at the community.
0: I feel like we've been walking around the um the outskirts of the field, right in the middle. There's a bit more of a sense of yes. being on the field. That's right. And that's where we get to. And we've arranged it like a, like a, <laughs> like you're sitting in the stands, yeah. so you can sit down
1: and watch video of the 2019 grand final, which was won by, as as we know, by the South Coast Black Cockatoos. And we've also got um, a video showing our women's game. And people are always shocked when they look at the, the women's game because of how fierce it is people getting thrown down, and <laughs> <laughs> so it's. Um, yeah, so it's. Although it's, you know, interesting and exciting to watch, it is. You know, they, they get right into it. Those those girls, I tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I remember it used to be a bit of a thing that it was the roughest game was the women's comp. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely, certainly. Um,
0: oh, and we, get, we're, as we're sitting here right now, there's footage of everybody running onto the field because um, the final whistle has blown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the whole community ran, runs onto the field and, you know, is hugging the players. <laughs> As I said, it was a, quite an emotional win for the team because, um, because one of the players had uh, passed away quite recently. Mm-hmm. And also in the, in, the, in the spectator area, we've got photographs of, the, of people in the crowd and I'm hoping that when you come in, you'll, you'll be able to see yourself in, in the crowd because we've blown the photos right up, you know, <laughs> super size. Um, and, and hopefully you'll be able to recognise yourself or some other people in the photos and let us know who, who they are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Briggs there. He's the curator of the exhibition "Curry Knockout, 50 Years, which is on at the State Library of New South Wales now until the 27th of August. You will also heard that many of the photographs featured in the exhibition are by Gomorro photographer Annie Barbara McGrady. I spoke to her in July about her trailblazing career and her ethos of shooting through a black lens. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to take a listen.